Emily Murphy no longer has dashboard envy. No, she didn't buy a Porsche, so far as we know. The administrator of the General Services Administration is more than just a little excited, though, about her acquisition dashboard, showing the status of contract competitions and giving her other important decision-making information. Murphy tells executive editor Jason Miller about how the dashboard is helping GSA measure its acquisition success and how it has led to a record-setting year for the Federal Acquisition Service. The data decision portal uh, for acquisition, one of the things that I said when I was confirmed that I wanted to drive was increased competition. So we've been able to slice and dice it so we look at not just what percentage of our work is competed, but also what percent is competed as a one bid, and also what percent isn't competed because it was a mandatory sole source. So we really are going towards that, that sweet spot you know, what contracts should be fully competed and vigorously competed. And in the cases where we're only getting one bid, what did we learn from that? So how do we improve that going forward? I I love my acquisition dashboards. I'll admit it. And I'm sure the other ones are are coming soon that you can bring it all together. Let's talk about another piece where data played a big role, which was fleet management. And, And this is kind of part of the shared services discussion. And then we can get to my favorite acronym in government. But first, start with fleet management a little bit. You guys are doing a series of studies across the government to understand how you can provide fleet management services to other agencies to get them out. Where are you guys with that? With that? Right now, there are about 600,000 vehicles in the federal fleet. About 207,000 of those are managed by GSA. And for the fleet we currently manage, we save about 23 cents per mile for each of our customer agencies. We were challenged to take a look at another 200,000 vehicles. And we wanted to do that in a, you know, in a thoughtful way. So we partnered uh, originally w- with, I think, six agencies. And we went out and we studied 70,000 vehicles. And the results of, the, of those studies showed that if those vehicles were managed by GSA, it would conservatively save agencies $120 million a year. There's a possibility the savings could actually be far more than that. We're now studying the next round of agencies. But now that we have that data, the conversation then with the agencies becomes one of, all right, what's the process for transitioning fleet? And how do we work with OMB? And how do we work with the Acquisition Services Fund? And how do we make sure we do this in a responsible way so that GSA can take over management of the fleet? So really going and making sure that we understand what the cost drivers are, what can we do better, how are we going to provide that service? And in some cases, it also is giving us the opportunity to reduce the size of the fleet, uh, which is another area that's definitely a win for taxpayers. How are agencies responding to GSA looking at their the way they manage their fleet? I mean, do they have concerns that, oh, another revenue basis for GSA, here they are, dip it into my pocket again, why can't I just manage my own fleet. Very similar discussions, I'm sure, that you guys have had over the years around multiple award acquisition type contracts. In each of the agencies where we've done studies so far, GSA is already managing part of their fleet. So it's a question of, can we expand what we're doing? And in the areas where we're managing fleet, they tend to be happy because they're newer vehicles, they're well-maintained, we do the, you know, the maintenance is done as a service, the fuel is done as a service. So it's an all-inclusive price. It's a, you know, easy to budget for. It's the same price every year you know, per vehicle. So it adds a lot more stability and predictability to, to how fleet's going to be managed. I think the challenge is if you just bought a brand new vehicle, transitioning that to GSA and starting to pay GSA a lease price on that it is a, a tough step to, to take. If you've got a 10-year-old vehicle, you're probably pretty happy to give that one to GSA and let us get you a brand new vehicle instead. So how you balance those out so that we're not just taking all the old vehicles. And the fleet discussion leads us to the broader discussion around shared services. The QSMOs, 
quality service management organizations. When, you know, now that you guys have retired peepers, Q's modes can be my favorite acronym. But talk a little bit about that effort. 2020 is a big year for these shared service organizations. It is. Um, so 2019, we had the pre-designation of the QSMOs. 2020, we're expecting the first full designations for the QSMOs. And it, within GSA, since we are pre-designated QSMO for HR transaction, it gives us a chance to build on FY18, we did the award of the new pay, new pay BPA. FY19, we got the $20 million from the TMF to implement new pay, and then we did the first task order against it. FY20, we start to build out the marketplace, do the um, interfaces, make sure that we're working well with the legacy providers so that whether they're picking up our software and moving it there or whether we're looking at GSA expanding the customers it's taking, that we've got that ready to go, and we start moving the new customers over. Clearly, payroll is not an area that you want to mess up. I do not want anyone to miss a paycheck or have a you know an incorrect paycheck. So we're doing this in a very thoughtful, uh, deliberative way. Uh, but I think that we're making a lot of progress. I want to shift uh, over to Federal Acquisition Service and, and FAS specifically because you give some numbers around revenues for 2019, and then you said how much they've increased since 2017, something like a 23% increase, uh, $68 billion in revenue. And then the satisfaction also has increased. So not just it's more money, but people are happier. Talk a little bit about those numbers. So I want to be clear. We went from doing about $55 billion through GSA contract vehicles to $68 billion. So that $13 billion increase. I think that's more of an indicator. And what I've been looking at, are our customer satisfaction scores have gone up. Our vendor satisfaction scores have gone up, and our employee satisfaction scores have gone up. When we launched the Federal Marketplace Initiative, those were the three areas we were looking to really target. How do we make things easier for vendors who are trying to sell using GSA vehicles? How do we make it easier for customer agencies to buy a solution using GSA? And how do we make it easier for GSA employees to manage that work and actually really utilize the fact that we've got incredibly talented people we want to have them doing high-value work, not doing duplicative data entry. I think that the fact that the, the dollars are going up and that our vehicles are being so well used is a good sign that we're you know, that, that our customers and our vendors are happy with the work we're doing. I think that there's still a lot of room for improvement. One of the things that I track is you know, addressable spend. So at agencies, how much could GSA do for them? How much is GSA currently doing for them? What's the barrier to that entry? And it's a conversation I try to have with my peers on a regular basis is, you know, all right, they're our customer. I want them to be happy. I think that the work that the federal marketplace is taking it and dividing it into 26 different projects, schedules consolidation being you know, the leading one, but also the catalog management, contract writing systems, all of those are going to make it an easier agency to do business with, whether you're an employee, whether you're a customer agency, or whether you're a vendor. I imagine that over the years, that's the biggest complaint you've heard about GSA, whether as an administrator or before, that it's just too difficult or it's too challenging or there's too many steps. And, and, and that's what's driving a lot of this modernization effort too. It's challenging that it's inconsistent, that if I talk to one contracting officer, I get a different answer than I get talking to another contracting officer, that the terms and conditions applied to one schedule are different than the terms and conditions on another schedule. This has given us a chance to really go back and come up with a streamlined set of terms and conditions. It's giving us a chance to get easier for someone to come in and find something. I, when I was at GSA the first time, 
I remember we were looking at our schedules and, and how they were being used and found that the majority of the sales through schedules at that point were for services. But our contracts were still written as if we were selling primarily goods. If you look at what our contracts are being used to buy right now, it's really solutions. We're not making that same distinction between a good and a service. So trying to make sure that our contract vehicles continue to evolve to meet those requirements, I think is going to be key. I also think, though, that, frankly, um, if I were a customer agency and coming to GSA and I wanted to buy an IT modernization project and you had and I had to decide if I wanted it to go through the IT schedule or the professional services schedule or I wanted hardware involved, like, trying to figure out and navigate that system is not something we should be making our customers do or making our vendors do. To the extent that we can make that a transparent process for them where they come in with the requirement or they come in with the solution and then we address that. I think that that's going to be a win for everyone. You would come in as GSA administrator with three big priorities. One of them was increasing competition. When we talk about FAS, do you feel like you're seeing more competition? You talked about the dashboard, your acquisition dashboard with number of one bid, no bid, or, or, or multiple bids. Do you feel like that you're on the right path to increasing competition? I definitely think that we're getting, the, our one bid numbers are going down. Our competition numbers for those that are eligible for competition are strong. If you look across, I think one of the advantages also of having a unified schedule is that it means that more vendors will be able to bid and we'll actually have more transparency also as to what's being available. Because previously, you only got a notification through eBuy, for example, if you were on that schedule. Now, all schedule holders will have access to that. And then GSA for itself has already been doing a pilot where we're testing, making all of our e-buy purchases available through FBO. Emily Murphy is the administrator of the General Services Administration, speaking with executive editor Jason Miller at the 2019 ACT-IAC Imagination ELC conference in Philly. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Kristen here, reminding you not to do things. What I mean is, with same-day delivery for everything from gifts to groceries, you only have to do the things you want to do. To not do the other things, visit shipped.com. That's S-H-I-P-T dot com. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at pluralsight.com vision.